Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I want to, uh, I just kind of wanted to, to share just a, a few overflow thoughts. Um, the, the first one was um, something that uh, Pastor Rex Crane said that was very, very powerful. He, he said that the biggest hold over our lives that the devil has is who we used to be. Who we used to be. The biggest hold over your life that the devil has is who you used to be. All these references are for who you used to be. Jesus, in Matthew 16, renames Simon Peter, or Simon Peter. So he used to be Simon, which means read. One, one easily that sways with whatever, whichever way the wind's going, affected by the tides. He says, but you're no longer read Simon. You are now Peter. You are now rock. And so he calls him Peter until you get to Luke 22. And then in Luke 22, Jesus comes and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you. Satan doesn't ask for the you of who you're meant to be. He always asks for the you that you used to be. If you ever watch, if you ever get to the chance to, and it's, it's old school now, if you ever get the chance to go back through the matrix, one of the things you'll find in the matrix is that um, when Morpheus pulls Neo, also known as Thomas A. Anderson, when he pulls him out of the matrix, he always refers to him as Neo, which means new life. Anderson means son of man. And so he, he pulls him out. Thomas, obviously, is twin. And Agent Smith never refers to him as Neo. Agent Smith always refers to him as Mr. Anderson. It seems you've been living two lives, one of these lives as a future. He always refers to him, Mr. Anderson, Mr. And He always refers to him as who he used to be, whereas Morph and the great battle in every man's life, and may I say in our lives, the great battle is the tension between the B.C. and the A.D. Uh, Jesus, Jesus's undeniable fingerprint in the earth is he stepped into the earth and split time in two. There is B.C. before Christ and then A.D. Anno Domini after in, in the year of our Lord. So, so when Jesus came, he became Lord. He, he established lordship. So in your life and in my life, there's the B.C. and the A.D. The devil works to try to remind you of your B.C., Tries to remind you of your BC. So after Morgan's message on Friday night, I, I, I knew it was going to be powerful. So I picked up a bird and we had some burdens I hadn't been carrying. Um, but I picked up a bird and I thought, you know what? Actually, I, I want it to be powerful and I need to, you know, there's no substitute for example. There's no, in leadership, there's no substitute for example. My kids won't do what I say. They'll do what I do. Example is the number one prerequisite of leadership. We lead by example. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Jesus says, whatsoever things you've seen me doing, 
do the same. Whatsoever things you've heard me say, shout from the rooftops. So leadership is always example. And so um, I picked up a, a burden and I just, you know, I, I just wrote a few things on there. Just kind of like the, the, the basic ones, thinking, you know, I want to put stuff on there and I want to be, you know, somewhat transparent. Well, when we got to the, the burden burning, when we got to the fire, I'm standing o- over the fire and it was amazing. The Holy Spirit said, oh, there's two things you haven't put on there. And I'm like, oh, you know, I've kind of covered the basics at least. I've got the basic staples of all the things, you know, men struggle with. Fear, you know, last, insecurity, rejection. So I've got all of those ones on there. And, uh, and I said, well, you know what, too? And then it was amazing. He just penetrated straight into my heart. And he said, you, you didn't write guilt and shame. And I'm, I'm 55. I'm 55. And so I'm standing there by the fire and just having this little beautiful moment with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and he showed me how, you know, my whole Christian life, because when I got saved, I was in a relationship with a girl. Um, and, you know, couldn't couldn't be with her without getting physical, so I just broke off with her. And I still, whenever we go back to, to Wollongong, think of that little girl, and especially having a Zoe, just thinking that that was somebody's Zoe. Yeah. That was somebody's Zoe, and somebody took her virginity, and then because he couldn't, had no self-control, you know, broke her heart, and for years that poor girl tried to get back with me and you know, begged to, to be in a, and I couldn't do it because I couldn't be with her. And I carried all this guilt and I carried all this shame. And, uh, and he said, and then he showed me how it had affected all these different areas in my life where I would disqualify myself from, from praise or disqualify myself or, or, you know, come into a room and put my, my head down just like my dog does when she poops on the floor. <coughs> But I had the same posture. So, so, if, so I, I pick up a burden, Morgan. I picked up the burden thinking I need to just lead by example. It's, it's good for men to see that, hey, he's, he's human too. He bleeds as well. But just in that act of obedience, I'm having an encounter with God at the, at the fire. Let me just say this, that it, one of the biggest, biggest, pitfalls you got to watch out for in church life is that being a church that's like Pastor Michaela said that goodbye emerge hello Easter and then hello hero and then it'll be vision builder like you know there's there's always you know a next thing and I actually like the always the next thing you know we're still working you know a great rhythm I think it's 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 not bad to to have a little bit of a jog I think if we're kind of walking we'll end up picking our nose or getting distracted. I think if we're running, you know, we can, we can run and then kind of crash. I think, you know, just that, that marathon pace is, is kind of good. Um, but what, what, one of the great pitfalls, one of the great dangers is that because we have so many events, we can fall into performance. Performance means, hey, listen, I've just got to get this job done. I don't have time to fix my knee or my ankle or, you know, something that's broken. Because, hey, the show must go on. I've got to get this thing. And there's a level of bravado in there. Performance always comes out of gift. Performance comes out of the gift. God will put a gift on your life that will enable you to perform. If you've got a gift to sing, a gift to play, a gift to... You'll perform out of your gift. So performance comes out of gift. Devotion comes out of character. Character. 
But health comes out of heart. So, so be very, very careful. One of the things that, that we've been uh, very intentional in doing is making sure that uh, while, while we recognize gifts, our, our job is to recognize the gift of God that is on Pastor Andre Johnson, who, can I just say, the field games this year, Andre, the field games this year. What a gift. What a gift. What a, what a, what a coach. What a father. What a leader. What a boss. What a pastor. Andre, it was... It was, it was 10x anything we, we've had before. Incredible. So we want, we want to discover the gift. We want to discover the gift in a James Garcia. We want to discover the, 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 the gift on the inside of a sterling. But we, want to, we, we want to develop the gift because God put those gifts in there and he wanted those gifts used. The great danger is that you can perform in gift. You can perform in gift while you're broken on the inside. And we've actually found that... that uh, Character, God's more impressed with character than gift because the gift is a gift. You didn't do anything to get it. You just received it. He just, he put it, he maybe even put it in there while he was sleeping. And we wanted to say, God, look at my gift. And, and I think one of the sad things that we see in church that, you know, Pastor Michaela was saying is, you know, the gifted preacher who no longer is, you know, connecting with the people and, you know, we've even been in, in meetings, Pastor Leanne and I, where, where, hey, you know, I love the pulpit. I just don't like the people. And uh, that's, you know, right there, you should go and find another job. Go and become a mechanic. You know, go and do something else. But, you know, don't, don't, you know, it's, if, if it's not about the people, it's not all, it's you've got to keep that heart for the people. So David has a gift, but God, God elevates the gift because of the heart. Because of the heart. Leanne last night at the Pathfinders was asked a question, and if I can paraphrase what she said, she said, you know, um, in church, great leadership has to be gold diggers. That doesn't mean we look for people that are, you know, wealthy and several years older and we marry them. That's not what, what she meant. She meant gold diggers is we know that there's gold in the ground. We just got to move some dirt to get to the gold. We're going to move to the dirt. And so discipleship is really helping people move the dirt. But here's what I found. People get very defensive over their dirt. What are you, what are you doing? Oh, oh, I got dirt. What about your dirt? And people are like, I'm just like, whoa, there's gold under there. Yeah, get your hand off it. You know. Oh, that, throw the dirt. It's, it's unbelievable how defensive people get over their dirt. And we're just like, discipleship is allowing people... Or allowing people that you can trust. That's the big one, allowing people you can trust. Because most people have had uh, their first, the first authority that represents God in your life is your father and your mother. And when that is broken, people now no, can no longer trust authority. And so they get defensive over their dirt. So if performance comes out of gift, devotion comes out of character, but health comes out of heart. Health comes out of heart. And in, in this church, I have to stand before God. And I refuse to stand before God saying, I used people, but I didn't really care about the health of their heart. Oh, you know, I, I knew their marriage was, I knew that their life was, I knew that they were broken, but hey, God, look, look at what we did. Look at all the souls that got saved through hero. Look at all the people that got saved. 
you know, I'd have to do this. God gave us people, and people flourish when not only they're operating in their gifts, but their character is flourishing, and then their hearts are healthy. The Bible says, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. So if our messages don't pierce the heart, and I think that's what I, I really appreciated, Pastor Morgan, about your message on the Friday night. Now, every message was a home run. But Morgan's message was he was so vulnerable and transparent because he gave us an insight into the inner machinations of a little red-headed, ruddy boy who, from if you pull all the puzzle pieces together of the scriptures Morgan did so brilliantly, was the, the product of an affair who was outcast, hidden from the prophet, rejected, starved of fatherly love. When somebody showed him affirmation, when some, somebody showed him approval, he, he immediately just, just you know, flocked to it like, like birds to water and gets himself into a place where because of that wound, because of that deficit there, he ends up making some not great decisions with Bathsheba and through his life. And God the whole time is, loves David because he has a heart after God. But God the whole time is trying to work on healing the heart. And can I just say that while you're here, um, it's not about what you can do. It's not about your, your ministry or your performance. It's about your heart. It's about the, the dealing with the things in your heart. We can't deal with the things of your heart if we can't get to it. So we've got to have gold digging. Gold digging is letting people deal with the dirt so they can get to the gold. We see gold in you. We see gold in Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Uh, one, of the, you know, one of the other um, brilliant statements that I thought was, um, again, I think it was Rex, says you've got to take this deliverance back home. And he tells a story of the, the legion guy in gatherings in, in Mark chapter 5 where Jesus crosses the sea and there's the, the guy there and he's you know, full of demons and casts the demons out, goes into the herd of swine. The swine run violently down the hill into the water. And then the, the, man, the, the man that had the legion is now clothed, seated in his right mind, and he begs Jesus, can I go with you and tell my testimony and tell my story, you know, wherever you go? Can I go straight? Can I leapfrog straight into ministry? And Jesus does something very powerful. He says, no, no, which is so good because the, the, the church obsession with souls over the years, I just, I couldn't. Now, I know that we're, we're, we're here to reach unchurched people. I, I know that. But I'd always hear this, come on, let's just cry out for souls. Let's just souls, souls. I can't get souls saved. Jesus does the saving. But he has asked us to do the discipling. You know, we, we, we want to take credit for something he can do and then abdicate something he asked us to do. So, you know, so we're not going to do that. So I'd see these. So a souls church would have immediately taken the the Gadarean guy on the road, you know, highlighted it, posted it, put it on Instagram. Underneath, God's going to give you a car and pack your bags. You're going on a vacation. <laughs> and if you vote for me, all your wildest dreams will come true. You know, <laughs> vote for Pedro and your wildest dreams are coming true. And, you know, this man used to be the guy, you know, and they'd have footage of him, you know, biting people and 
howling at the moon, snapping chains, and now he's, you know, come and see this spectacle, and we'd wheel him out, get, you know, people saved and think we're, we're doing a service to God. But Jesus didn't do that with him. Jesus says, no, you can't come with me. He says, go home. Go home to your family and your friends and let them see, let them see the good that God has done in you, for you. Because how many people know if it doesn't work at home, it's just smoke and mirrors. The, the first place of ministry is in the home. The first place of ministry is in the home. So what was for me so, so beautiful, the highlight reel was 3,100 men having encounters with, with God. Um, not just in the, in the tent, not just around the fire and the baptism, the rite of passage. Men were having just, no matter where, people were getting laid, you know, slain out, slain in the spirit, laid out. People were getting filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, there were several men who weren't saved that turned up that got saved. People were getting baptized and praying over each other and bawling and receiving tongues. And it was just, it, no matter where you look, people were having encounters with God, even eating meat. Like there's these, you know, I mean, dear Jesus, you've never eaten such amazing meat. You know, tomahawk and tri-tip. And it was just, I mean, it was, thank you. That's what we need. It was your dad actually was one of the geniuses, sweetheart. And, uh, but people were encountering God. And, and every time, and probably 75% of the, the, the people that hugged me were, were men my age or older. My, you know, they, they seemed older, but I'm just going to say, because I'm trying to be a young 55. So... <laughs> So let's just gratis. They, they were my age, 55 and older, but they were hugging me, bawling, saying, I wish I had this when I was young. You know, this is a game changer. This has changed everything. One man, as soon as it finished, got in his car, and he was sitting behind me. And he, he cried, I think, for three sessions straight. Just every time he just had tears. Like his eyes were just continually... And then he gets in his car, and he lives in Arizona, and he was driving to Arizona. He said, I'm going to apologize to my children, and I'm going to go and get my wife back. I realize it wasn't them. It was me. But he was on this, this mission. He was on this mission. And because it, it, if, it, if, if, if all we do, Morgan, is have a highlight reel of 3,100 men in a tent and, and you know, field games and, and a winner and, you know, we're kind of peacocking at chest, but it doesn't change lives. So it, when people say to you, hey, why, why doesn't Pastor Jurgen open it up? Like, man, because every year without fail, Pastor Tracy, uh, Stacy, Tracy, which one? Oh, no, you got your, Stacy, not the twin. Pastor Stacy, every year I get this, you know, people say, oh, this needs to go nationwide and this needs to go all over the world. And, and God, God spoke to me very, very clearly a decade ago. And he says, you're not to. He says, people will want this, but you're not to. I haven't called you to pastor the men in their churches. That's their responsibility. He says, I've asked you to pastor the men in your church. Because this is what happens. This is what happens. Um, there's, there's depth and then there's width. There's depth and then there's width. The great danger of width still, still looks numerical. It's still, in fact, it looks even more impressive because depth means you, you, you go into the soil. You can't see how deep the roots are going, but you can see how wide the tree trunk is. And I felt God say the great danger with most 
men is they, they want to go width because it makes them look good. He says, but then the, the depth is shallow. And he said, if you, if you get caught up in, hey, we need to do this in this state and in this state and in this place and in this place, it'll look fantastic and you'll have a wonderful emerge men's ministry, you know, where men compete and men do this and we have great speakers and all of and none, none of that's bad. He said, but if you can just put your ego aside and if you can just pastor our men and ignore going to other states and other places, he says, then you'll, you'll go, you'll have a depth. Your goal will be depth. And the depth will be that men will come and men will get breakthrough. And where the rubber meets the road, you'll see change. You'll see change in the way that they lead, in the way that they serve, in the way that they husband, in the way that they father, in the way that they friend, in the way that they son, in the way that they king, in the way that they priest. You, you, you'll find that men will be, will, will be different if you can put, put that aside. And so, you know, I appreciate the prophecies. Now, thanks to Colin Higginbottom, he told the story of Nate who put 50 grand in last year believing for a campus in Boise. And Colin's like, and now there's a campus in Boise. So I've had like six different people come up and say, hey, if we give a 50 grand seed, will you? So at least it went up from $8,000. We were at Salt Lake City. And someone said, hey, we're moving to Austin. If we put $8,000 in the offering... In vision builders, you think you can plant a church in Austin? Man, for eight, I'll plant two. <laughs> Planting churches is so cheap. Oh, so, so cheap and easy. Eight grand. Oh, we got change. You want to go to Disneyland? I mean, so now I've got all these people. I've, got, I've had six people, Florida and Oklahoma, Nashville. Six, six say, hey, would you plant in if we put a $50,000 seed in? I'm like, dear God, you know what? I'm not even, I'm not interested. Uh, <laughs> yeah, five mil, exactly. Even that, even that's still getting going cheap. What did it cost us over the years? But anyway, I say all of that to say that, that the, the rubber has to hit the road. If, if, if the same jerk that left comes home to Liani, then what was the point of the conference? She should see a shift. She should, she should see a change. And I think that's probably, for me, one of the greatest testimonies is it's the wives. Because the Bible says a man is valued by what others say. So you may say, I had an encounter and I feel changed and I'm different. Well, what is, what is the person in closest proximity? What does your helpmate say? What, what, do, what do they say? All right. Um, all right. Let me give you one last one before we... Oh, my gosh, this one. When your expectation of your wife or your kids or your relationships is high, but your appreciation is low, your life and relationships will suffer loss. When your expectation of what other people do for you is high, but your appreciation of what they do, you're at a deficit in, in the relationship. Here, we, we are people that appreciate we appreciate what people do. We, we love what people do. One, one last one is the reason we do the, the field sports and the field games. And this year, every single game, we went back to the original DNA of the games where they had it actually had a, a, a biblical principle attached. So we do the fireman carry because 
you, you, you are responsible for getting people across the line. You are, Jesus in John 17 said to the Father, he says, Father, all that you've given me, I haven't lost one of them. You know, I've carried them, I've given them your name, I've taught them your things. So the fireman carry was getting, then there was another one where we had people with, armed with, with tennis balls and shields that weren't big enough to protect. And so they had to put your life on the line. You had to take some hits to protect your captain or your leader to get them across the line. And it's, you know, can you serve another man? Can you take a few hits for somebody? So we had, we had you know, all of these principles. And the reason we did that is because men uh, want to be on mission. God gave Adam a mission and a purpose. When men are on mission, they are fantastic. When men lose their mission, they, 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 they wander around and they, they're vulnerable to all kinds of vice and addiction and brokenness and... Men need mission. So putting mission in men. Men, the number one issue over the years that men have had in marriage is my wife is not in submission. And, and so we then say, oh, wife, the Bible says, don't you know what the Bible says? You insubordinate. The wife says, woman, submit. But I've never had an issue with Leanne being in submission when I've been on mission. When I have, mission, when I have a mission that she knows that she knows she sees herself in and sees the person she wants to be in and sees the marriage she wants to be in. And she, she sees the provision and the protection and the blessing and the betterment of her. She's been able to come under, she's been able to sub, come under the mission. So men need to be on mission. So we're putting mission in men, putting courage in men. I had a revelation that I kind of overflowed at Bressy on Sunday that God is not... God's power is not attracted to theology. God's power isn't even attracted to being religious. If that was the case, the most powerful people in Jesus' time would have been the Pharisees. The Pharisees were so religious. They were so dogmatic. They had their phylacteries and, you know, they tithed off even what grew in their herb gardens. But there was no power. They didn't have enough power to blow the fluff off a peach. But Jesus came and could heal the sick and raise the dead and open the eyes of, of the blind. Why? Because God's power isn't attracted to religion or theology. God's power is attracted to courage. When Esther, when Esther heard the words of Mordecai, you know what? If you stay silent, sure, sure. You may be one of the last Jews executed, but it'll still come for you. But don't worry. I know God. God will, because he made a promise to Abraham. God will raise up deliverance from somewhere else. But maybe, just maybe, darling, you were brought in the palace, and then courage rose, and God moved. Gideon, courage rose, God moved. Joshua, courage rose, God moved. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, courage rose, God moved. Every time courage rose, God moved. We want men to have courage, courage to be honest, courage to be transparent, courage to confess their sin, courage to apologize to their sons, courage to apologize to their wives, courage to say, I'm sorry. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again 
God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.